2: Check out Network.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a fish podcast
1: where we compare and contrast songs and the evolution of their jamming styles throughout the band's career. My name is Ryan Storm, and today I am joined by Greg Knight. A Connecticut native, Greg has spent over a decade immersed in work that centers him at the intersection of music, education, and social justice. As a publicist, Greg represents Goose, Twiddle, Suleimande, Vintage League Music, and more. Outside of the music industry, Greg directs Turnaround Arts, in New York City, a Kennedy Center initiative that transforms under-resourced schools through strategic use of the arts. Sometimes he even practices his instruments. Hello, Greg.
0: Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on today.
1: Thank you so much for being on. I'm really excited to uh, talk some fish with you. Now, for episode four, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the first cover uh, on this series. Uh, we're going to be doing "Sneakin' Sally Through the Alley." Yes. Now, uh, Why did you pick this particular song?
0: Um, you know, I first of all, we got to got to dive into a cover. I uh, wanted to take the opportunity to be the first one. Uh, on Stormy Weather to do a cover, and also, Love it. Uh, you know, Sneak and Sally is just, I've never not had a great time at a show where Sally's played, um, you know, it's just the, the Robert Palmer classic stuff, I'm a big uh, big fan of the Meters also, and I, uh, I think mm. they, they were kind of the backing band for the entire album, um, so definitely just figured, you know, it, was, it would be a fun one for both of us
1: absolutely. And, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, how you got into fish when you started seeing them.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I am 32 years old, so I was, uh, I was in high school, um, in 2004. Uh, and my favorite, favorite English teacher at the time, uh, used to have us do these, uh, 30, 20 minute journaling exercises. So we'd just sit and kind of free write for 20 minutes and he'd Always play music, and one of his, his top choices was yam from A Live One. Uh, and so, you know, I was at the time just starting to learn guitar. I'd been playing piano for about six years, um, just really attached to like, you know, improvisational music, I think, on the whole. And, um, you know, so I was loving this music we'd listen to during journaling. So, when one day I asked him, uh, you know, who the band was, he told me all about Fish and I went home and downloaded a bunch of stuff on LimeWire. Um, and you know, that's when I started listening. Um, and it just so happened to be, it was, it was '04, Um, so I didn't have a chance to ever get to a show and see them then and, you know, kind of thought, um, I'd never have a chance to see the band. And so, you know, coming, uh, come, you know, 2009, I was a junior in college and, uh, as soon as they announced they were back, you know, I was trying to get to as many shows as possible. And, um, you know, so now it's been 11 years, you know, just approaching a hundred shows and, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy I've had the opportunity to really dive deep into this community.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous of that.
0: I'm jealous of that number. (laughs) Hmm. Well, listen, man, you've got, you've got plenty of time. Um, you know, it seems like, uh, seems like, these the guys are committed to, uh, to doing this for a long while. So hopefully is,
1: that's a very good thing. Now Definitely. about Sally fish playing it. Um, you know, we actually, uh, this will be the first episode where the two, uh, key versions that we're discussing are both from 3.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg and I both, uh, picked versions from that era, but first let's talk about, you know, the origins of it. They played it a bunch of times in the eighties. Um, and the last time in the eighties was, uh, Five twenty-eight eighty-nine at Ian McLean's party, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't played again for nine hundred and twenty-one shows, and was busted out as I'm sure almost every Fish fan knows at the legendary twelve thirty ninety-seven show,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that's a fantastic version. Um, I love I love the crowd reaction when uh, they realize they're playing Sally. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, you know, funny story about. um that Ian's, Ian's Farm Show, I think it was uh, in the late '80s. Um, I actually had a cassette recording of that that I used to listen oh. to in my first car. Uh, I was wearing a fish t-shirt. I was also in high school at the time. I was wearing a fish t-shirt, uh, and I was I was in this health food store in the town I grew up in. And this guy, you know, cooking vegan food in the back, older guy, did Dead Tour. You know, came out and he's like, I. I don't see a lot of brothers and, and fish shirts. I was like, yeah, man, yeah. I love this band. Um, he was <laughs> like, I got something for you. So he, he pulls out this huge bag of cassettes that he had collected over the years and just gave them all to me. Um, and, wow. And Ian's farm was one of those shows. So I listened to listen to that one. I get him out.
1: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. One, one thing I, I also, I didn't notice about Sally, but after it was brought back, um on fish.net, the first nine versions from ninety-seven to ninety-nine that they played uh after busting it out are all jam charted. So really? I I think they picked the right time to bust it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the versions that we picked. Uh, okay. of course. So you picked uh 1113 from Atlantic City. Why don't you tell me a little bit of why?
0: Yeah. Um, so that was that was a special weekend. Um, for me, so 2013 was actually my first Halloween run, um, and I had been, you know, obviously so excited, you know, knowing how legendary Halloween cover shows would be, and so, um, you know, I, I went down to the show with two of my good friends, Beth and Jamie, um, you know, all excited to hear a cover album, and, uh, and we got wingsuited, um, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> the year of the woo, uh so you know that was um an experience in and of itself certainly um love to be part of the collective energy in ac for a halloween show but um i think we can all agree that it was wingsuit was a little bit different than um what everyone expected for that weekend And so um you know i think i Although I was so happy to be in AC and be be there for Halloween, there was I think a, a little bit of disappointment. Certainly, you know, on my end, but I think just in the at air. least, you
1: got an at least you got a pretty insane Karini in the third set. Oh, for you know. sure, for sure, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think there was a little bit of just little disappointment. disappointment, yeah, 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 yeah and
0: and so you know, eleven um, one was an amazing show. Um, you know, I think that definitely a bit of bit of redemption there on eleven one, but uh as was eleven
1: two. As was so, eleven two. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, that Sally was the first cover, I believe, just of that um that run. That run. And so I think there was like a also kind of a collective sigh of relief that fish would still be playing covers. Um <laughs> but it was uh kind of you know it was cool. I had only had tickets for um the thirty first, and so I was staying at the Atlantic Club Casino, which is now now closed uh, down at the end of the boardwalk. And so we woke up on on the morning of eleven one, and you know the three of us were all like kind of disappointed about wingsuit, and we really wanted to stay for another show. Um, so we didn't have a room booked, we didn't have tickets, we just went down and started gambling at ten a.m. Um, and all of <laughs> us won enough money in blackjack um, to buy tickets for the show that night um so we stuck around so that was like uh one of my my very few successful gambling stories um we won't we won't go into any of the other
1: ones (laughs) well that that's you know what you talk about the positives winning enough Mm -hmm. money to buy tickets to more fish shows that's pretty it's pretty good
0: i can tell you it doesn't work all the time
1: and i was not successful at mohegan last year (laughs) (laughs) you win some you lose some
0: very true. Very
1: true. So, so what about so what about this uh, the Sally Jam uh, stuck out to you?
0: Um. Okay.
1: So you no. Know, besides it being a rare uh, encore jammer.
0: Totally. Totally. Um. So number one, uh, and I think you know, I can, I can, I can maybe admit that this is not the best Sally Jam ever played. Um. But mega energetic. So I like like I mentioned just the excitement of it being the first cover of the run um was huge. And you know you could you could really feel that in the building. Uh that specific weekend uh if I do recall correctly uh I remember it being a, a big page weekend. And so Page Oh yeah. um was absolutely on fire. Um specifically, you know, in this uh in the Sally Jam I think a lot of the time um trey launches in to the jam after the second verse taking the lead and uh you know the guys kind of build around what trey presents yeah but page's um,
1: all over this one
0: page is everywhere you know he, he he just completely drove the ship from the start i can tell
1: you his his fall 2013 clav tone is my yep. favorite thing ever it's so nasty
0: Absolutely, you know, and so, like, just right out of the gates, Paige taking it on clav, um, I think generally kind of yields a different type of jam, um, and Definitely. and the jams can get you know a little bit a little bit darker, a little bit more exploratory than just kind of sitting in that um, tray based kind of pentatonic and mixolydian, yeah. um, so immediately kind of what stuck out to me it wasn't the longest sally ever um but super it was tight like Ten
1: minutes though so it was, yeah
0: sure. it was 10 minutes yeah yeah, for sure it was you know but super tight and like um big smiles on all the guys faces you know that second set was uh a whole lot of references to uh bush and 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 Cush and kush and bush after my um nice. and like you know the, the kind of the 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 fun the guys were having on stage was super tangible, and that carried through the encore as well.
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and I I loved I loved listening to this one. Like the crowd and the band are all just like everyone was just so dialed in. Sounds like on the recording, and must have been incredible to be there for it. Absolutely. Now let's talk a bit about the version I picked, which is okay. July eighteenth, twenty sixteen, uh, from Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Oh yeah. Um, this one is uh, you know, from the. Often maligned uh, summer tour 2016, which, uh, you know, very inconsistent tour in terms sure. of jamming. Um, but I think there was definitely, uh, they were playing very well. There was just, you know, Big Boat was being introduced. Oh, so yeah. There was a lot going on. Um, but this jam, super type 2 craziness. Um, it, it's my favorite Sally of all time. Um, and it, um, well, first of all, it is like a lot of things in 2016 it is very john fishman driven yep um his his drums were especially high in the mix that year yeah uh, and it's just it's crazy how much he just pushes the band in this version absolutely. Uh, the tempo later in the jam just gets absolutely insane like you know you don't often hear that in uh uh i guess 2016 and you know sure. more recently sure um and yeah there's just some again a lot of great crowd energy on this one as well, because a type two Sally doesn't come often enough. Right. Right. uh, I think. And I I have a couple of notes for this one. Uh, Holy hell, John Fishman uh, (laughs) tempo with like seven exclamation points. Yep. Yep. I've just, yeah, it's, I I like making notes on these because half of them are serious and half of them are not.
0: Yeah. It's funny, you know, like I took some notes too and, it literally could be like I just copied your paper. So I think um, <laughs> 2016. So for me, I you know definitely 2016 summer gets kind of a bad rap. I was, uh, you know, just personally that was I think since I started seeing fish the year that I saw the least sh- summer shows. I only Which did Mansfield, Mansfield and Hartford.
1: Um, yeah. So I was I at, Wrigley, so at Wrigley. So I Wrigley, awesome. Yeah, I saw yeah. two of the good shows that summer
0: i mean hartford was was solid, Mansfield was uh plagued by sound issues,
1: you oh know, yeah, that, that was one where the p a went out
0: the p a went out yeah, so they they did kind of make up for it with a tight Hartford show the following night um but that was actually um all of the fish I saw that summer, and it just so happened that um that was kind of goose's first summer that they were starting to hit the road um so i was i was rolling with them um but you know as far as 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 718 goes like there's nothing there's nothing like an intimate indoor summer tour show um one of my favorite shows i've ever seen was um knoxville 09 so just like i think one of the one of two indoor shows that summer um there's no, just nothing like a really hot kind of Key to the summer, a bunch of people on tour, really jazzed to be inside with air conditioning and giving it their all. Um, yeah. And and 718, I think, was the third West Coast leg show after The Gorge. Yes. Um, so the band definitely, you know, had some some solid energy. They weren't kind of beat down, um, tired into summer. Um, and, and the, you know, I think the Sally itself had a whole bunch of momentum rolling in from simple. Um, and, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, uh, Fish was really driving things forward, but you know, Trey, I, I, probably two minutes into the jam, he he starts this theme that really is, is, to me, it was like a launch pad for, for, for what Fish responded with. And that was this kind of like descending, wailing hammer on lead. Um, that he held for a couple of minutes, it led to, to a big climax, um, and fish dragging us forward. Yeah. Paige kind of starts to follow him, um, with some like muddy low octave seventh chords. Um, and they just pick up the pace into that patient bliss.
1: And, yeah. Uh, yeah Trey started, uh, you know, while they stayed in B minor for the first big part of the jam, I kept having to double-check uh, the key when I was listening to it, because mm-hmm. Trey was playing some really uplifting melodies while still staying within the minor key, which sounds right. really cool, and it's kind of around the six-and-a-half-minute mark uh, where it kind of starts to leave the traditional Sally jam. Let's, let's play a little clip of that part. Exactly. So I, I just, I love the way that sounds. And yeah. know, when, when, yeah. Paige, uh, when Paige goes from the clav to the piano, that also adds to the sort of uplifting quality of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's the, the light and dark kind of thing where you go from having like that dirty, nasty clav to just the bright piano and that adds to it. And, you know, there, there's a really, what's cool to me also about this is that they could have uh, ended it uh, like there was a great peak at like eight and a half minutes. Um, yep. Yep. still obviously <laughs> I have big peak at eight thirty-five. fish is still absolutely MVP of this jam. Yep. Um, and Trey, um, you know, kind of deviating from what he was doing a lot that summer, he didn't want to let go of that peak and he just, he kept going and he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to end the jam, which was awesome. And they dropped back into a nice funk groove at around 10 minutes. Um, and fish just starts like going after it immediately. <laughs>
0: right. Right. And you know, one thing I noticed um you know, when fish started to pick things up, um when I'm when I'm when I'm there and kind of listening to a gem build that way in a live setting, um I'm I always like am itching for Gordon to just drop bass bombs on us and I know that that's selfish on my part, and it would get really old if that's all he did. Um, but honestly, with the way the jam was going, I think Gordon was really the glue that held it together in the sense that he's, he showed so much restraint there. Um, and I think kind of just, like, kept everyone grounded as opposed to mm-hmm. diving in, you know, kind of heavily and adding way too much on top of what was going on. Um, but I feel like Gordon just just, like, really you know, in a way was tastefully restrained.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do have a note that's in all caps, Mike Phil with a bunch of exclamation points. Uh, Uh, sometimes, sometime after the 10 minute mark, I didn't timestamp it in my notes, but it's, he did. I do remember there's just a pretty spectacular fill from him. Um, and, uh, Trey, uh, leads, you know, through his soloing, he finds this really nice repeating EDB, uh, progression mm-hmm. uh in the jam and and it just at that point fishman just keeps pushing the tempo more and more right and it's so cool to listen to because the rest of the band's like all right like we're going and we're going yep. yep. It just keeps getting faster it's awesome
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say, when I re-listened to this, I then ended up just listening to the whole second set, and I was like, <laughs> "Damn, Ryan picked a really, really good Sally." Um, you know, but I do think also, um, having listened to that that second set again, like that that Sally was a, a a really like a high point. You know, if you look at the show as a whole.
1: Um, there's a line. There's a the line in the second set. That's all you need to.
0: That's all we to. need to know exactly. <laughs> and
1: you know, so I
2: do think,
0: in a sense, the Sally kind of saved the show for a lot of people. You know, it's like, I I could have left the building telling myself like that's what I come to fish for, more yeah. so than a than a second second set
1: line. Well, yeah, you get a big second set anchoring jam, and you know the rest of the show, you know, kind of is more of a background in 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 cases like this like something like I was at 102718 uh, 10, 18, uh mm-hmm. at Rosemont and that show I mean you got a fantastic blaze on in the first set but the no men and no man's land a huge 25 minute version in the second set um which basically carries the show um may- elevates it from a you know an average great like or like an average show to a great show because of that absolutely totally. incredible jam so i think you have a similar situation here so
0: i know you said you're you at rosemont so how many shows i'm just wondering like how many shows have you been able to catch total since you so, started seeing the
1: band? yes so i've seen seven and interestingly okay. enough for a resident of toronto i've seen four of them in chicago yep yeah <laughs> um but it's it's because I, I go to summer camp every year so mm-hmm. i'm not able to go to summer shows, basically, um, got it. You know, unless, unless, like, I was lucky enough. You know, Wrigley was four days before I left for camp that year. Yeah, uh, and I was at the the show in Toronto last year, which was two days before I went to camp. Yep. Um, and then other than that, I was at um, Blossom 2012, which was the weekend before I went to camp. Um, mm-hmm. Rochester 2013, which was in the fall, and uh, nights two and three of Rosemont uh, 2018
0: you know it's funny you mention it like i i am a summer camp person too uh so yeah i mean like even after oh nine i had i had trouble getting to a lot of summer shows because i was at camp um of course i do benefit from residing in you know the northeast yes. and
1: uh so you that's know a like, definite advantage
0: yeah fall tours and of course like now living in New York city, uh, take, yeah, take the subway to shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's my backyard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's, did you, I guess you were probably too young to even attempt to, to go to Toronto 13. I was um, at camp for that. Yeah. Camp. So I had,
1: um, my little brother saw what well, That was his first show. He was, that was his first show.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. I had, I had tickets to that show and I did, uh, I did the SPAC run, you know, the weekend before and had entirely too much fun at SPAC. Um, <laughs> another a, a, another story for another time, but uh, Vasudo, who was the the band comprised of several members of Goose that was, preceded Goose. was Rick, Trevor, and Jeff, right? Rick, Trevor, and Jeff, the occasional appearance by Ben, but mostly uh, Rick, Trevor, Jeff, and a couple others. Vasudo actually played their last show at a house we rented. Um at SPAC in twenty thirteen, and so like ah. they played their last show after the last night of fish, and that was enough for me to say, like okay, I don't need to go to shows for a while, so I sold my Toronto tickets, and um you know that that was the year the Toronto show was canceled postponed, um, but postponed. But yeah. right, right so i did I dodged a bullet there, um but you know that said, my show- hi- hiatus was not for that long i was I was at uh Jones Beach within a couple of weeks.
1: Oh yeah, you have, you're <laughs> like oh I gotta you know take a little time off. What? Yeah, I can go to a show in a couple of weeks. Okay.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I dove right back in. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, I I I have been lucky enough to to do fish Mexico, um, but I would oh, love to uh which to years? do. Which year? I did I did 2017. Um, nice. So yeah, I actually I went with with Coach John Lombardi. Um, and we sat on the beach talking about how maybe in 20 years, you know, if, if things went right with Goose, they'd be playing Mexico. Little uh, did you
1: know, Little did later. I know.
0: Yeah. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. But I, I do, you know, I do want to get, get to a Canada show,
1: um, if and when it happens next. Yeah. I just, I want to get to any show. I hear that. I with hear any you, man. Um so
0: yeah, I mean yeah. um go on then.
1: <laughs> you know, got it. love love a good tangent. Of
0: course. Love a good tangent. Of course. Um
1: let's let's talk a little bit more about uh the version you picked and let's try to maybe we'll talk about a couple other versions of Sally, but this one totally. um what I I love because there aren't many shows um in recent years that I can think of that have uh, jamming like this in the encore, you know, you had, mm-hmm. uh, in February of this year, um, in Mexico, the, uh, sand Wika Shafty encore, which was pretty, pretty cool to see at the end of the show. You know, you don't expect yeah. them to kick into sand at the beginning of the encore. Right. Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised at, you know, nice and type two and Wikapog was more of like a kind of stop on the way in the middle of the jam. Right. Uh, which was cool because, like, you know, they just segued into it. Hadn't played sure. mics uh, sure. earlier in the show, and it's. I I love when they, you know, when they'll put when they put jams in unexpected places. um You know, yeah, the first set as well. But the encore, I think, is even more of a as a rare occurrence.
0: You know, that's a really good point, Ryan. That I I didn't really think about is like I don't actually, um remember that many encores that i've personally seen in my you know show collection that have had some extended jams the way that sally kind of turned out on 111 Yeah, um, you know you
1: usually get something like character zero julius first two rock and roll you know absolutely
0: closer. yeah especially like you know in recent years i feel like you know at the beginning of 3.0 they were taking a few more risks like that and just really like acclimating to being back on stage and jamming stuff out but you know in the past 3 to 4 years I may have been that guy that was tiptoeing out during the encore
1: oh pff. i <laughs> i see i i think the opposite i think they were a lot more hesitant at the beginning of 3.0 in the last few years you know look at the number of first set jams you know in 2012 versus 2018 and 19. True. You know, 2018, we have two of the best jams of the year the Alpharetta Ghost and the Vegas Mercury and the Hampton Simple. We're all in the first set. Very true. Um, Very so, true. You know, they're really, uh, you know, and even though 2019 didn't have as many crazy long jams in the first set, even the, uh, I mean, you've got stuff like Tube, which doesn't show up in the second set, but the last few years has been jammed out so consistently. Right. Um, right. And just, generally a lot of the songs that show up in the first set if they've got a jam, there's you know, the quote unquote extra mustard. On, the extra uh,
0: mustard. That's versions. right. Yeah, well Dijon. Um but yeah, I mean I think like you know, as we're as we're dissecting this, we may be realizing that um we're we're looking at at Sally, which is very rarely type two, uh yes. compared to you know, probably the best ever version that, that you selected. Um, but do you have any, well, one, uh, have you seen any or many Sally's? And do you have, I have not, you haven't, you've seen none. Okay.
1: I have not um, been lucky enough to catch a sneak and Sally yet. It's, it's on the list. Okay, cool. Mike's yeah, groove mean, is at the top of my list, which I still haven't seen. So you like.
0: haven't seen a Mike's yet. Uh, okay. No. So, so give me your top. Yeah. Give me like your top five that you haven't
1: seen. Well my, my top five, five songs I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking chasing. Well, Mike's, Week of Wolfman's. Haven't wow. seen. Wow. I know I I've had a lot of repeats. Um I haven't seen uh I really want to see Mercury. hmm Um uh any number of Casvat tunes. Yep. Um, yep. I just have I have a lot of uh I have a long list. Let me see if I can find the note. Um, I have like a, I just have a note on my phone with all of the songs that I'd like that to you, see. That you're chasing? Seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I haven't seen Slave. Uh, I haven't wow. seen Simple. I haven't seen uh, Sense, Rogue, song I heard the Ocean sing. The list goes on. Reba.
0: Man, we got to get you on tour.
1: Yeah. Fall. Listen, I'm praying for next fall. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's I, the... as am I. Um, so, you know, I actually, I've, I've seen just about everything that I want to see, and I'm, I'm very lucky, um, but the one song that I actually have not seen live is Pebbles and Marbles. Oh.
1: I mean, yeah, that's obviously on my list, too, but. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: like, that is my, that is my jam.
1: Um, I love that song.
0: And I've been like, you know, I've had tickets to shows where I I just didn't go and missed it. But I like, and they played Pebbles. And they and they played Pebbles. Like I, you know, I even last year in Camden, uh, you know, I. Oh, you were supposed to go. I was supposed to go. I went to night one and was caught in some torrential downpours and decided not to have the same experience night two um, because apparently I'm getting soft in my old age. And yeah, I I missed it, June thirtieth um so you know you missed that
1: 20 years later too
0: that, yeah <laughs> um i mean i did i did love that that pebbles during the beacon jam so i thought that was a that was
1: absolutely awesome. yeah with the horns and the strings Woo. yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i'm
0: just like i'm i'm excited to uh to just get back and and be refished again you know and yes. kind of like
1: I, I'm also message. really excited to come see Goose because I,
0: really, yeah, like, I yeah. wish
1: I had been into Goose a year ago because then I would have, you know, gone to see them in Buffalo last November. Sure,
0: sure, but you know, I mean, a lot. It, it's there are so many people who are are still just hearing of them, um, and and the opportunity will come. So, did, did you have a chance to watch Goosemas?
1: Oh yes, I did. Okay. Oh. <laughs> What okay. a show
0: that was! Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to hijack this fish based podcast for too no, long.
1: But uh, I I live for the tangents.
0: Okay, great. Great. I'm I'm built on tangents. So, what were your highlights from the show on on on
1: Friday? Well, um, I mean, I love Arcadia is one of my favorite goose songs, so I was mm-hmm. so happy to see that as the opener. Plus, it was my ten point pick for fantasy goose. Amazing. Um, which I mean, the rest of the show didn't give me anything. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Just kidding. Earthling or alien was my one point. Cause I didn't think they'd play it again so soon. And I wanted yeah. them to play it. Um, well, I love er- I love earthling or alien. Yep. Um, the funk human. Yep. That was sweet. Uh, I love all I need hot tea, which is my favorite song. Um, awesome. Yeah. So it must I've have been heard- awesome to be on that roof.
0: Oh my gosh. It was incredible. Um, certainly like, you know, it's, 2020 has been a, a a pretty wild year for all of us, um, but I, I am so thankful and so lucky to have been able to be in person for some of the stuff that, that Goose has done. So between Bingo Tour and um, and this, you know Goosemas, um, certainly the, the highlights of my year. Um, and okay. there was there was a whole lot of energy on that rooftop for sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't say they'll be heading to Canada anytime soon, but, uh,
1: as soon as they're back on the road, man, I Playing, gotta, you play Buffalo again. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I've got,
0: I've got your ticket, man. You're, you're coming I'm with here. me for sure. Sweet. Um, yeah. So I mean this, you know, Friday night was, was, was certainly, certainly incredible, but now I'm kind of looking ahead to a cold, bleak winter and not really knowing. Uh, a Gooseless winter. A go- a musicless winter. You yeah. know, um, normally at this time of year, I'm gearing closing up, up for work. The MST. Yeah, MST and gearing Like I should be really stressed about
1: where my tickets are. You know, where my seats are, <laughs> and like um, I'm I'm just stressed about what they're going to do for New Year's. What's What's your prediction?
0: Um, like, uh, what what he's going to do fish fish in general um yeah. so i don't i don't know so i i think we can talk more about this um you know our scene has a tendency to air its grievances when they're not completely happy with what bands are doing and i feel like fish is going to be in a unique position where i don't know that what they can provide for listeners is going to be enough or even rival the live setting Um, Hmm. and so I, you know, that's, that's just me. Like, don't get me wrong. Dinner and a movie certainly got me through, uh, you know, the quarantine phase and, um, I, I really looked forward to Tuesdays, but I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if, you know, they re-air a previous show, no matter what it is, if people won't.
1: My prediction right now is we're going to get, 28th through the 30th, um, 3.0 shows from that date, uh-huh. and then the 31st, uh, I'm guessing will be either New Year's 95, 95. Right. of the 25th anniversary, or mm-hmm. the dream obviously is for it to be Big Cypress, right? Um, which I think is extremely unlikely, but I, I dream, and there's also yeah. you know the minuscule chance that they play live from the barn or empty MSG, um, sure.
0: Yeah, I you know I I I I would hope, but I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't want to
0: get. I don't want to get too excited. So, big Cypress would be <clears throat> absolutely incredible. Um, and you were not alive then, right? Which I was wild. not. I was not. Um, I was
1: born a month after 1.0 ended. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I
0: was. I remember you know watching World News Tonight with my parents uh, on New Year's yeah. and. Ninety nine, and actually seeing, like I saw heavy things.
1: You <coughs> heard the cheesecake. I
0: heard the cheesecake. Yeah, you heard the cheesecake. Um, and you know, it's I, I had no idea what the context was then. Um, but I, 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 I wonder what my how my parents would have reacted. Um, if you know, at that time I could have told them, I'm gonna see this band a hundred times. <laughs>
1: It's what we all aspire to. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, my my first uh, watching fish live experience was uh, Tahoe 2011 um, mm-hmm. after uh, my uh, well, my dad had gone to Super Bowl er- earlier in the summer while I was at camp and uh, I was at home in August and um, I was like in bed and he came into my room. He's like, hey, come watch this live stream. So I like I watched the opener with him and I'll never forget um after that i said to him he was like so what do you think i was like i like it but i'm never gonna be as obsessed as you yep And look where we are look now. where we are so i have um, far surpassed him
0: <laughs> so yeah so is that is that essentially how you got into the band Is is, is... um
1: yeah i owe it all to my dad because he's okay. the best um yep. you know he's playing fish and the dead uh mostly the studio stuff when i was really little mm-hmm um, you know, I, I brought, uh, Europe 72, the box set, mm-hmm. uh, onto my day camp bus for them to play Awesome. when I was like five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, what really got it for me after that Tahoe thing, my dad put the Super Bowl, uh, downloads on my iPod and the Reba from Super Bowl is what made me get it. I was like, Whoa, what is this? Yeah. Awesome.
0: <laughs> so is your dad, is he a musician also?
1: Yes. So, well, we've got, uh, my family band, which is my dad, my brother and I, uh, That's I play right. keys. my brother yep. plays drums. My dad plays guitar. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're currently, uh, working on convincing my brother to play a goose song or two.
0: Nice. Nice. So well, there. you know, I, I know who we can talk to if he needs any advice on the drum parts. Um, i have uh actually have a quasi-family band as well uh, oh, yeah. my, my dad is he's seventy one and he's retired and uh you know five or six years ago he picked up the trumpet uh and he's working Ooh. really hard on it, you know but it's it's difficult, I think, at any age, and after childhood it's really difficult to pick up a new instrument, especially without you know kind of a, a musical bass. Uh, and so he, you know, he's, he's making some progress and my sister plays violin. She's an incredible violinist. My mom sings. And so every year we do, um, the night fam Christmas jam. I believe this will be sixth annual. Um, and we'll awesome. like record a Christmas song and post it on social media on Christmas day. I'm, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Oh yeah. So I'll also send you some, uh, some previous deep cuts. So you can see how awesome. much progress we've made.
1: <laughs> awesome. Love to hear it. I do also, speaking of picking up an instrument late, shout out to Peter who picked up keys when he joined goose, right? Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. He's already better than me. So Peter,
0: um, you know, he, it's funny, actually, I think in three days, will be the anniversary of his first show with the band. Mm. So he, he's, you know, played his first show goose Miss, in 2017. So I guess, uh, that was Guzmans four, um, and he really only knew major and minor chords. And so, if you go back and listen to, and there are, actually aren't that many of these shows that are publicly available, but the winter tour in early 2018, they did a long run with Spafford and then a bunch of their own shows. Um, and, like you can, you can really hear a a clear difference um And his proficiency on keys. But it, as I mean, I for now.
1: I can hear a clear difference between you know last fall and now. It's sure it's awesome sure. listening to how you know how awesome he is now. Plus, you know the clav. Oh my god, the, the clav. clav! What it's yeah, perfect time for the clav to arrive.
0: But yes. uh, you know, I mean, Ryan, like I feel like you've got a really strong public profile in terms of being your age and having. The knowledge you have of of fish and all this music, really, and you're an excellent keyboard player. So when are we going to see the Ryan the Ryan Storm solo project? Ryan Ryan Storm and the and the Thunderclap, Ryan Storm <laughs> and the Lightning. <laughs> I, something like I that. I've, I've got Ooh.
1: my band. I've got Storm Free. I've got uh, Storm Free. Okay, my dad, my brother, and I.
0: It's... Well, you three. But I mean, is there? You know, are you gonna are you gonna branch out to non non family?
1: I mean, listen. I'm I'm always down to play with anyone, anytime. Okay. I've got I've uh, been collaborating the past couple of weeks uh, on Twitter for Music Mondays with a Mondays. couple of guys, which has been fun. Yep. Um. But yeah. You know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see where it goes. Um. Good. Let's 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 tie it back to the theme at hand here. Tangents,
0: you know. man. <laughs> Tangents <laughs> are
1: fun, and you know what? We're we're talking about the music. We're staying there, but I I want to bring up uh, one of my other favorite versions of Sally, which is uh, November 2nd, 2018. uh, Yeah. Vegas. Uh, This one's it's only eight minutes, but by God, is this a jam? Um, Absolute swamp, nasty funk um, led a lot by pages, clav and Mike's uh, like synth bass uh, bombs, which it's just, such a cool jam, and, th- and there's one part from it where it turns, uh, from you know, the, just the traditional Sally funk, um, to you know, dirty, right. dirty groove where the crowd absolutely goes wild, and it's it's awesome. I like, I love listening to it. Wow, um, so I haven't it's even, pretty short, but yeah, I haven't even
0: thought about this show. Um, so yeah, Cosmovax, uh, Halloween run, correct. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I haven't even thought about this Sally. That Sally was smoking. Um I and it, I so it was post gayute right, which is not, you know, normally yes. the massive energy build that they they bring uh into Sally, but yeah, that was um that was an awesome awesome Sally and really like a great
1: show. That yeah, um, that show that show is the perfect fish show, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I like mean, strong first set with a twenty five minute jam. Second yep. set had fantastic flow with some great jams as well. You know, Fishman vacuum and twerking encore with a
0: oh, that's right.
1: good times, bad times closer. Oh my gosh, you know. Bob Weaver.
0: In the in the midst of a pandemic, I forgot about twerking Fishman. Um wow, thank you for grounding me there. But yeah, also the disease. <laughs> the disease was like incredible that night too.
1: Yes. Yeah, you had uh, yeah. the Oya Komova, which usually shows up in Twist, yep. showed up in that disease. I've, li- I've listened to that show so many times. I- Fall 2018 is my favorite fish tour of all time, so okay. I-, I-, I know it extremely well.
0: <laughs> so if you could attend a Halloween show and they would cover any album that you wanted to Ooh. hear, what would it be?
1: Oh, Oh, oh that's tough. Oh my God. I, I don't even know.
0: Yeah. that's What about yeah, you? I'm, that's why I'm, I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to say, but I'm a, I'm a, one of my favorite albums just ever is Graceland by Paul Simon. Mm. Um, and I don't know if fish being a four piece, the four piece that they are can do it justice um but I think it could be, you know, really awesome to hear and I'd love to hear Mike do some of that bass stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, a, that's it's a great question honestly. Like if you could choose, you know, what album for Fish to cover. Um you know, obviously covering a I mean, you know, they cover Zeppelin all the time. So doing a right. Zeppelin album would be sweet like you know. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I'm they should the just classic. officially
1: release Dark Side of the Moon. That's that's my pick.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I would hope so soon, but you know, these guys have got so much in store for us. You know, not need, need the wonking, I tweezer, I need that. That's what you need. You need Dark Side. You need Dark <laughs> Side. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I I don't know. I I'm I'm consistently wowed by their capacity to to innovate, and so I think they'll. They'll keep us on our toes.
1: Yeah, and I, I honestly I, I'm I'm I've wondered for the last couple of years what they originally were planning for Halloween twenty eighteen because Caspa Facts was a result of uh, right. getting cancelled. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't think we'll ever know.
1: You no, know. I don't think we like, ever will.
0: Yeah. Um or they'll they'll find a way to, to surprise
1: us at some point soon. Well, you know hopefully next Halloween we'll find out what they're going to (laughs) do. Because honestly, like, you know, I don't know how you can, I don't know how they'll possibly be able to top the last few Halloweens, like the Chilling Thrilling, which was incredible. Yeah. uh, Ziggy and then Cast with Vax. And I don't know how you top that, but they'll find a way because they're fish.
0: You know, I'm glad you liked Chilling Thrilling. I know some people who went that were a little bit disappointed with it just because they didn't recognize the album.
1: Oh, um, I, I love that. Honestly, I would have loved to, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't uh, live stream that show mm-hmm. or anything because I was 14 and, you know, wasn't staying up until three in the morning to watch sure. a fish show in from Vegas, which I did do for uh, the 2018 run. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? I was like, oh. Fish is playing in Vegas, so I'll be up until three in the morning. Staying up really late. Yeah. Yeah. After um, a, on on Halloween, um, after uh, the Halloween party I was at, I went back to uh, my room at school and I caught the end of the show because it was, you know, it didn't end until four in the morning.
0: So I've got another question <laughs> for you. If we're, if, we're on, if we're on the subject of. Am I, get, yeah, am I, I am. a guest
1: on the podcast now?
0: Welcome to We Move. Through Stormy Nights with Greg Knight. Um, oh! <laughs> so if you were to do your own musical costume, and what I mean by that is you dress up as a fish song yourself for a Halloween costume, what song would it be and how A song? Yes.
1: Ooh. I mean. Ooh. You should have you should have sent me these questions I have earlier. You I, so I should yeah, have yeah. I could have prepared answers. Um I don't know. I mean down with disease I feel like would be an easier one to do. Yeah. Um you know, I could be I could be a, a tweezer. Sure. I could dress up as uh Piper the red worm. The red red worm.
0: Yeah. That would be that would <laughs> be
1: I think that would be a good one. So uh, the Wolfman's brother.
0: But like if I mean if you were the Wolfman's brother Which is a song you're chasing, as we know? Then, like, how how would you like? How would you actually create a costume? Couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Nor could I. Nor could I. I mean, so for this Halloween run in in 2013, I had planned on being Julius, and I was like, I'm going to win the costume contest. And Mm. so I, uh, you know, since the shows were in AC. Um, one of the most famous basketball players in the history of the Philadelphia 76ers was Julius Irving. Um, so I like ordered this, this Julius Irving jersey on Amazon and he had a, he, was, he played in the 70s, he had a huge afro. So I ordered this fake fro. And um, me being the type B fish fan personality that I am, my jersey that I ordered arrived after Halloween, so I wasn't able to, like, Aww. have this costume, but, you know, my, my idea was to have the Julia Serving jersey and somehow fuse it to the music. Um, but instead, I bought a shirt, a light-up Superman shirt from somebody on the lot, um, and I will share that photo with you after our call.
1: Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I I wanted I I really want to see like a you know like a Halloween show or a New Year's show or like a like a big special event like that or like a festival. Totally. Um, you know I I've seen you know I've seen a couple of two night runs. Um, yep. But yeah, I just I I want to be there for like a four night run in the same venue. Like I just that's that's the dream.
0: Totally. Uh, um, I mean I've it. done a few, you know i d I've uh, of course the, the MSG runs since they're just a short train ride away for me, but then um you know, I would get to Hampton. If you if you if you have the opportunity to do a weekend, you know, at the yeah. mothership, then then totally, totally, totally drop everything and get there. Um and then SPAC like SPAC is the Fourth of July at SPAC is so much fun.
1: Yeah, my parents at SPAC last year.
0: But you know, I hate the SPAC lawn. And I've actually never, never done well in lottery at SPAC. I've always been on, on the lawn, and I've probably seen twenty shows there. Uh,
1: that that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, my dad, my dad always ends up with uh, uh, lawns from the lottery, but he has a way of turning them into pavilions somehow. By the time the show happens, it's
0: yeah, crazy. I mean I'm you know I'm pretty lot savvy. Um, but you know, if I, sometimes I just surrender to the lawn and, uh, sometimes it's to, gotta happen, you know, yeah, you get enough shows under your belt and you don't need to have Trey with an eye shot for the whole time and you can just listen that works sometimes. But yeah, I've just, I've never, never, never been, been lucky there, but I can say when the next MSG runs, ha- uh, does happen, you've got a place to stand in the city.
1: Ah. Oh. Thank you very much. I I have to, I have to convince my mom, uh, basically that you know, I'm not gonna go on vacation with my family. I'm gonna go to New York. <laughs> You're gonna New York see fish.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's tough. My mom's adjusted to I'd be it. like
1: wherever we <laughs> are. I'm flying to New York on the 28th. So would your mom?
0: So I, you said your dad's, you know, kind of into. It. Into into these the scene. Would your mom go to
1: a show too? Or oh, yeah, my mom goes to shows yeah, with my she dad. She shows uh, okay. all the time. Yeah. She's not she's not a super fan like us and you mm-hmm. know, she doesn't like uh re listening to a lot of the long jams. Yep. <laughs> um yep. but yeah, she goes to the shows with my dad every year and it's great.
0: Nice. They're, I brought
1: my dad I'm I'm praying for them that next summer works out because uh Eugene is supposed to be for my dad's fiftieth birthday, which is July fifteenth. Okay. So nice. They, yeah. They that's... they have tickets to those shows and so you know fingers well, crossed. I'll come celebrate. I uh
0: I brought my dad to Hartford 2013, that fall tour. And uh um, tweezer. Great tweezer. Um it was the day Lou Reed died, actually. Um so a little bit melancholy. That was when they um, opened with rock and roll, right? Yes. Yeah. Um I think the good fluff had that show I
1: saw um, a lot of shows that fall
0: I did. Yeah. I mean, the, but you know, it was all in the Northeast. It was so easy. You know, I did those, I did DCU and Worcester. Um, but yeah, my dad was like, you know, just wanted to kind of see what his son had been spending all his time doing. So my dad was, I think he, he was into it. Uh, my direct quote was, I can see how people get lost in this. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't know if it engaged him enough musically because there was not a trumpet player. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I, I recently converted uh, one of my roommates uh, and he loves them. And we're going to, you know, when they go back on the road, we're going to I'm going to take him to his first show. But I do want to say funny that your dad mentions that when uh, my parents and I were in Rosemont uh, in 2018 uh, on the third night, uh, like the last night of the run, we, you know, we met this couple that was sitting near us who was from like Europe. And they mm-hmm. were in Chicago and, um, you know, the, 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 husband had heard of fish like, like years before. And like heard like one of their songs mm-hmm. and was like, and they were like, Oh, like, you know, fish is playing here. Like, and they had no idea w- what they were getting themselves into. Right. And it was just so cool. Right. Like, Oh, like you're about to find out. <laughs> Did they have a good time? I think so. Okay. Uh, we, we didn't see them again after the show, but, um, you know, I, they, they seemed like they were ready to have a good time but it was just it was really funny just to see like this older European couple sure you' know, just in the arena no idea what they were doing but yeah that was cool
0: I mean I've you know I've I've been next to a couple kind of uh very surprised tourists at shows um one of the early Baker's dozen shows I think it was Gosh, I think it was powdered night. Um oh, I nice. was next to like a lady and her daughter from Switzerland. Um, and they wow. were just like I think the daughter was considering maybe going to college here. Uh, and they just were able to snag tickets for a show at the garden. Um That's awesome. and yeah, I mean it like they didn't know at all what they were walking into though. Um and what a so, show that was and what a show that was. So, you know, we didn't stay in touch. Um, but if I were the daughter, I would have been itching to go to school here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I came across from Switzerland, like went into a random concert and it was powder night of the Baker's dozen. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not leaving. Sign <laughs> me up.
0: Right. So yeah, you know, but I can, uh, there are eight I,
1: nights left. Right. How do I get tickets?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, uh, but I can only imagine, you know, being kind of, a a tourist walking into a show, uh, what kind of surprise that would be. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been a fantastic discussion, even though, you know, we didn't talk about Sally for a good (laughs) portion of the episode, but you know, it was, it was, uh, thank you so much, uh, for coming on, Greg, this was an absolute pleasure to finally uh, be able to sit down and chat with you.
0: Ryan, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know next round we'll dig into uh the actual music perhaps but uh
1: Mm.
0: you know i like tangents
1: tangents are fun
0: i love tangents and i I really enjoy talking to you uh outside of twitter
1: yes agreed agreed (laughs) and i I can't wait to meet you in person at the fish or goose show uh for sure next year so thank you everybody for listening to episode four of we move through stormy weather i hope you have a fantastic day and we will see you next time
0: Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.